this week on Lighting Money on Fire, NFL edition. A whole lot of happy trails happening up in here. Mike McCarthy, gone. Cream Hunt, out of here. Probably some other people are out, too, that we're not really aware of. Who can say? We're going to do some fantasy check-in. We're going to review our best bets from last week, of which we went one and one. And one of them, there's some pain. I'm not going to lie. Going to talk about our best bets for this upcoming week as well in the NFL. It's all happening right now with Lighting Money on Fire with Grant and Jonathan. Yes, with Lighting Money on Fire. With Lighting Money on Fire. It will happen with that. With Grant and Jonathan. It will be accompanied. All right, last week's bets. Okay, so we were so sure... We were like, oh, yeah, the Saints are going to Dallas. They play indoors. It doesn't matter. They're on the road. The Saints are the best team in the league. Dallas is garbage. Jason Garrett couldn't coach peewee football. But guess what? What? The, the Saints actually lost. Drew Brees and, uh, had 31 yards passing in the first half, I believe. Dallas was getting seven and a half points, and they, they really didn't need them. No, they, uh, they didn't need them at all. They, they, those are just empty calories from the Dallas point of view. Right, empty calories. That's what I was going to say. They didn't say. need them. Yeah, empty calories. Totally. Makes sense. I'm yeah. using that from now on. That's, that's going to be a sports betting term. It's going to work its way in to the lexicon, for I'm, sure. I'm happy for you for coining a phrase. It's nice. Yeah. It's good. All right. So that's bad. We lost that one. We lost that one. And it wasn't... I mean, it was close, but it wasn't close. You know, the game was sort of close. I kept expecting the Saints to turn it on at any yeah, moment. Yeah, I was like, oh, the half doesn't look good. But the Saints are going to score like 24 in the second half, right? right? Like, They're going to make adjustments. It's yeah. going to be fine. What, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys can't keep stopping the Saints. And then they, they did. They kept stopping the Saints. They won 13 to 10, and they, the cover was never in play, basically. It's yep. weird. Yep. So that sucked. But what didn't suck is on the other end of the spectrum, we had even a greater by point differential success than our failure on the Saints because we lost the Saints game by 10.5 points as far as the <laughs> bet's concerned. Yeah. Um, but we also did bet Arizona getting 15 points against Green Bay. And they actually beat Green Bay. Yeah. So we won by more. So we get, actually, it's better than one-on-one, right? So you're saying that sort of jokingly, but there actually now are bets you can make where you get, you actually pay by the point you're correct or incorrect. Really? Yeah, that's a new thing. And I have a friend who's totally making all those bets and it's pretty whack. That is pretty whack. You can really get buried or bury them. It's interesting. Yeah, you just, you bet a certain amount per point and just pick a side, basically. So yeah. Like Arizona winning here, like somebody got destroyed. It's got to be good for the books to to do just higher variance stuff in general. Yeah, anytime you get people betting more money, and (laughs) you know, is a good sign, right? Yeah, if you're the books, because the people don't know what they're doing. Look at us. So yeah, (laughs) but we crushed that one. Yeah, we owned it. We're definitely going to talk later about the rest of that stuff. Maybe we're going to start with that for for moving on to the general NFL stuff. We've got to talk about the big news in the NFL. One of the two big news items in the NFL this week, actually, the other one will be talked about in fantasy check-in is the firing of Mike McCarthy, which I had been calling for on this podcast all year, by the way. I mean, you and the rest of the sports world, let's not make it sound like you were the lone voice, you know, screaming into the din. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying that. And when you say the rest of the sports world, you don't mean the former players and people right. on TV. You mean like the analytics guys. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. sort of like, I mean, even the, a lot of the former players were, getting, were making noise by, you know, a few weeks into the season, I would Actually, say. Actually, I respected uh, Rodney Harrison a little bit on Sunday Night Football because they discussed it, obviously, because it happened before Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. And Tony Dungy said, you can't do this to a Super Bowl winning coach. And it's like, shut the fuck up, Tony Dungy. Like, Super Bowl winning coach in 2010 and... He's had Aaron Rodgers for this long and right. has only gone to the Super Bowl once. Give me a break, Tony Dungy. And so, Rodney Harrison yeah. made a great point. He said, uh, I think this was a good plan. They were going to do it anyway. You could tell that Aaron Rodgers was unhappy. So this might alleviate some of that pressure at the same point as getting a jump start on the coaching search for next year, which a lot of teams are going to be looking for coaches, probably eight or nine teams next year. There's enough teams that are in bad, bad situations, they'll probably want new coaches. I'm, I don't entirely understand this jump start on the coaching search. If you know you're firing McCarthy anyway, you could let him keep working and begin your coaching search anyway, right? I like, mean, let's be pragmatic about this, okay. though. Like, you can say that, and that's in a world where maybe emails never get seen by anybody and everything's fine. But if Mike McCarthy finds out you're doing that, what happens? What happens he to the organization? and you fire him anyway. Like, what's the downside? You, oh, you fired him. There's no worse thing that can happen. I mean, he's he, gone. It must be really like I don't think Aaron Rodgers, for example, the guy you really want to keep happy, would like to endure 
the remaining six weeks or four weeks of the season with Mike McCarthy moping around I and mean, like all of these problems going on. This well, is moping a around. What do you mean? If he find if he finds out you're doing a coaching search and knows he's gone and can't handle it, then you just drop him and make Joe Philbin the coach like you did anyway. But why not hide? Why not? Why you now have to pay Joe Philbin extra money? And it isn't like it matters. Like they're not going to the playoffs this year, right? I mean, I mean if. I, you and I, we don't know that much about like how good of a coach Joe Philbin is versus Mike yeah, McCarthy, but that's true. based on what I know, I I wouldn't consider it to be a big difference. Like Mike McCarthy wasn't doing anything special. That's that mm-hmm. part is clear to me. Yeah, Joe Philbin can do what Mike McCarthy can do. I'm sure. So I'm not sure. I'm just, pretty the sure. organization just has to spend more money, and I don't know this whole like moping. Or I mean, if I guess. This is a normal thing that happens in the NFL where guys get fired, you know, on Black Monday. You know, as soon as as soon as the season's over, you know, six coaches get fired pretty much every season. McCarthy would have been one of them. I just don't know what the value of doing it now is versus doing it then. It's possible Aaron Rodgers was making noise. Yeah. And they wanted to uh, appease him. That that makes sense. If if Rodgers was like, I can't take this anymore. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Fine. But otherwise, I don't really get it. Like doing this, I think it makes sense to do it earlier in the year where you can actually change course, but doing it this late in the year, I just don't know the value of it. You're just, you're going to pay Joe, Joe Philbin an extra $2 million now when you didn't have to like, okay, cool. I mean, they talk about lighting money on fire, bro. They just wanted to get rid of him. They they were just done. I mean, they should have known this. How, I mean, how long ago should he have been fired? Four years. Seems like that is the general consensus. Something like that. Like. He's getting killed for being unimaginative and all this kind of stuff. Although Peter King did have an interesting article on this where he was talking about how when Andy Reid was fired, he was seen similarly as being a, a unimaginative offensively. And then he got Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, and now he's seen as like a forward-thinking guy a little bit. You know, I feel different. like there's a big gap in that article because he was very imaginative last year with Alex Smith. Um, you're right. No, 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 that's no. But but before he was rehired is what I'm saying. Um, oh no, he was rehired right away. You said, he? but then he got Pat Mahomes. Yeah, no, he was he was somewhat imaginative with Alex Smith. But like the point is, like he showed he's got all these gears, right? Offensively, it isn't like he's just this super boring, super conservative guy. Well, yeah, but he was doing the gears before Mahomes. I just want to make that clear. Like they were doing the same offense last year, just with Alex Smith. I mean, they weren't going deep as much, were they? They went. Alex Smith threw like. The fourth most deep balls in the NFL last year, or something like that. It was it was an anomaly for his career. Yeah, but okay. it was because of Andy Reid's new offense, and they were doing the thing like at the time had Kareem Hunt, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey like they do now. So he was using all these gadget plays with those guys. Mm. He was definitely doing it before Mahomes was starting. I would I don't know, but I would, I would be willing to bet that Mahomes has got to be like leading the league in deep balls this year. Right? Oh sure, yeah, I I would agree with that yeah. for sure. I mean, it helps to have Tyree Kill and a giant arm. Obviously, yeah, both those things are good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, McCarthy. So he's gonna coach again. That's what everybody says. But why would it, why would you want to like have your fresh start of your coaching of your franchise be this guy who is just stale? Like he doesn't have any moves in him. It feels like um, he'd have to. Inter- I mean, you could interview him and he'd have to explain what happened in Green Bay, right? That would have yeah. to be one of the big questions. Is you know why did it go the way it went? Um, where. The offense seemed to be so stagnant for years, really. And, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, of course, has play calling, you know, is able to change the play all he wants. And apparently for a while there was a big fight sort of between them with an unspoken fight where the play would be put in by McCarthy and Rodgers would just change it all the time, like constantly change the play. And so that was an issue. I don't know. It's, I mean... If, if Rodgers is audibling out of a lot of things, but McCarthy takes the heat for every play that doesn't work because no one knows when Rodgers is actually audibling or not. Right. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little harder to be able to pin. I think it's easy to pin the blame on the coach, and it probably is correct. He has this Lamborghini, which it doesn't feel like he's really taking advantage of. Um, he's not really taking it out on the uh, Autobahn. But I don't know. I, maybe we'll learn more over the next year or two with Rodgers. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. If Rodgers didn't get hit in the Bears game in week one, maybe he's the MVP of this, of this year and I the mean, Packers are good. He still has 21 touchdowns and one interception. Yeah, but maybe he'd be a lot better. Maybe he would. Maybe he'd have 35 touchdowns and three interceptions, you know. It's Aaron Rodgers. Not crazy. I mean, if, you're, if your quarterback has 21 touchdowns and one interception, you should not be 4-7-1, and one, right? Okay, but you're not winning lots of games because of your quarterback. That's more of a game manager thing. They, that's two touchdowns a game. That's fine. But Mahomes has 41 touchdowns, right? Yeah. So he's got twice of them, twice the amount of touchdowns yeah. through the air. I mean, that's a guy who you can win games with just by putting points on the board, right? You would think Aaron Rodgers would be that guy too. Yes, and that's why I'm saying if he wasn't hurt, maybe he could. Maybe he but would actually. But this is not better. just this year; it's many years of Mike yeah. McCarthy 
what if it feels like the Packers, even though they win 10 to 12 games every year, except for this year and last year, it feels like they always underperform. And it feels like they're just running the same plays over and over again. It's, it's hard to argue. Working. It's really hard to argue. They are. It's it's sort of shocking to think that Rodgers has only been in the Super Bowl once. Now he got incredibly unlucky a few years back against the Seahawks. What yeah, was that 2014. I think say. it was 2014, the year the Seahawks won, right? Mm, no, it was the year, the year they lost. It's the year the Seahawks lost to the Patriots. Yes, that's right. Okay, um, but. I mean, that was as crazy a comeback as you'll ever see. So he's really yeah. supposed to make the Super Bowl. And then who knows? Maybe they beat the Patriots because the Patriots weren't incredible that year. They were just good. He also had that game against the Giants in 2013. The one we talked about last week, 2012. Right? Maybe it was 2012. But that was on him, that game. Yeah. He played terribly. Yeah. Like, they should have beaten the Giants. And I think they would have beaten the Giants if he just could complete a pass to a wide-open guy at any point in the game. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. But that's not normal for him. So. No. We won't hold that too hard, too much. So where would Mike McCarthy end up if he were to end up somewhere? Is Cleveland calling? Am I crazy? Oh, God. Ring, ring. That would be so Cleveland. How about how about Cincinnati? Because they're probably going to fire Marvin Lewis. Let's I mean, just go with... basically replacing Marvin Lewis with Marvin Lewis, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys who's just... He's in the Jeff Fisher, Jeff... Like, maybe McCarthy and Lewis are like a tier above... Jeff Fisher and John Fox. Yeah, I think I think they are. But they're not that far ahead of those guys. Here's the only thing I want to say about this, um, sort of as a disagreement. When Belichick was fired from Cleveland, everyone would be saying the same thing about him now that we're saying about McCarthy. People thought he did a bad job in Cleveland. People thought his offense was bad, his defense was bad, he couldn't handle the media. He did, like He was seen as just bad. How many years did he coach Cleveland? Uh, three. How many years did McCarthy coach Green Bay? Ten. Ten to twelve? Yeah. It's a little different. It's a little different. That's true. But I'm saying like, the, yeah, that is, that's true. Yeah. But Andy Reid, I'll, I'll come back to Andy Reid when he was fired from Philly. Yeah. Like would have been seen sort of in a similar way, right? As sort of like stale, old, old school, not new wave, not exciting, not going to be. But that's not the thinking. expectation, right? That you would turn from Mike McCarthy into Andy Reid as like a frequent thing. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I guess what I'm saying is, though, it's hard. It's easy to assign the old white coach who's been around forever as saying, like, well, he's just sort of, like, does his thing and that's it. And that may not be as obviously true as we think. I'm assigning Marvin Lewis that, too. Why does he have to be white? Oh, you're right. You're right. Just, yeah. I mean, the old coach. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, why are you racist, though? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> really well said. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just don't think, like... There's a new there's a new era of coaching that's happening now. And now I know Andy Reid is an old guy and he's part of the new era of coaching, but a lot of the young coaches are kind of taking over the league now, it feels. I mean, besides McVay, who are you are you thinking of like Chicago? Who are you thinking yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, Chicago, Matt Nagy. It's the, a little early, I think, to say that about Chicago. I mean, he's having a good half season, right? I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, twelve games, three quarter season, but two years from now he could be fired. Still he could like, be like things could go bad. That happens. So I think I think McVeigh's proven a lot more in that he took. Well, certainly, yeah. I mean, also the Rams have won eleven games back to back for the first time in like thirty five years or something. Yeah, crazy I mean, like but that. like the thing that's happening in Chicago is very similar to what's happened in LA. Um, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, they're eight and four now, mm -hmm. and that's because Chase Daniel started for the last two games. Like they barely won against Dallas. I mean, they probably win this past week where they went to overtime. Yeah, I think it's fair to say if, if Trubisky was playing against the Giants. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that would be shot. I mean, yes. Working with a mediocre backup quarterback, you know, what can you do? Yeah, Daniel was okay, but yeah. you're totally right. Trubisky, you would assume they win that game. Yeah. They're 9-3 and three now. It just is, you know how sample sizes go with this stuff. Like last year, the Jags were, what were they, 12-4, and 13-3, and three, and we thought they were good. And this year, even when they, you know, they beat the Patriots in week two, and we really thought they were a good team. Yeah. But they're not. They're awful. Right. Well, so things change really fast. Speaking of sample size, though, Mike McCarthy, who is the topic of conversation here, large sample size yes. of mediocrity. Yes. Hard to argue. I mean, mediocrity, is, is that really fair to say, though? You said they win 10 to 12 games every year. It's, That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, That's not mediocrity. I, I'm giving a lot of That's, credit to Aaron Rodgers, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, mean, that's not crazy to do. It's either. not crazy. It's kind of like Peyton Manning on the Colts. You know, like the year he's in, he, they win 11 games. The next year he's out for the year. They win three games with essentially the same roster. They won one game, actually. They won oh. 15. And so that's why they were able to draft uh, yeah. Andrew Luck. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Although I would say Rodgers hasn't been as dominant lately as Manning was at, at, in that same part of his career. True. I Rogers, mean, Rogers maybe a little older at this point. I don't know. He might be, but Rogers was hurt the majority of last year, didn't play, and this mm -hmm. year he's been playing while hurt. 
Yes. Still still putting up incredibly good numbers. I mean, 21-1 is pretty good. It's, yeah. it's, it's not dominant play, but it's incredibly efficient play. So yeah. do you think Green Bay is going to try to find somebody who's not coached before, or they're going to try to like recycle somebody who has coached? I mean, they have got to be thinking that this is it, right? This is the end of the Rodgers window, these next few years. I think he's got four years. Yeah, something yeah. like He says he wants to play until he's 40. That would make five years. Yeah. But co- players always say stuff like that. I think you could reasonably say, let's like, let's like try and maximize the next three years and see what happens. Maybe we get lucky and we get two or three more out of it. Right. If, he, right. if he's like Breeze or Brady, then he'll right. get more than that. Yeah. And yeah, and that'd be great. Yeah. But also, he's, as you said, he's been getting hurt and maybe his body's a little more brittle and maybe one big hit takes him out at some point. Yeah. It's true for all these guys anyway when they get old. Um, so they've really got to nail this higher. Like Rogers has to like this guy and he's got to be the right guy. So it's a weird thing where getting the recycled guy, it seems like a bad idea in a lot of ways because where's he really going to take you? But it's a much bigger risk to take the unknown, you know, to take the more, the Sean McVay type guy who, if he doesn't work out, could bomb sort of like Josh McDaniels did in Denver, you know, and it's like just such a flame out. And then you feel like you just wasted the last two years of Aaron Rodgers' It's a tightrope walk. But I think if if they're going to, whatever level of variance they choose, I think it's pretty clear that they should be choosing an offensive-minded coach, somebody with a history of offensive-minded ability, because they want somebody who's going to make Aaron Rodgers happy. I mean, I don't necessarily agree. I think they just need to get a coach who gets a great offensive coordinator for him. I think okay. that's fine, right? Sure. Um, the whole notion, like that, like getting Sean McVay is cool, but then he's basically is the offensive coordinator for the Rams as well yeah. as the head coach, right? But if you just get a Sean McVay as your offensive coordinator is just as good. Right. And he just, yeah, so I think it's fine. You could actually get the retread as long as the retread gets a great offensive coordinator and does what the offensive coordinator wants. To who's do. the retread. Who's good right now. That's a great question. It's not John Fox and it's not Jeff Fisher. It's not Marvin Lewis. It's not Marvin. We're Lewis. assuming he's getting fired. Yeah. Um, John Gruden, is he available? <laughs> um, oh, Bruce Arians. How about that? That is a perfect choice. That feels like such... They should definitely hire Bruce Arians. Yep, that's good. Okay, so he's a retread, but he's like got the offensive new school When he was coaching the Cardinals, thing. they were great. Yeah, and he didn't really have a great... I mean, he had Carson Palmer. This is such an upgrade. Yeah. This is outrageous. Oh, I want Bruce... I guess Bruce Arians coached Andrew Luck, and they were great when he coached yeah. them, too. This feels like the perfect move. But Bruce Arians is like old and he's got a history of stress induced health problems so maybe he doesn't want to do that yeah hire him anyway let him die (laughs) (laughs) what's gonna happen so so i mean him and rogers could go out together you know rogers could retire in three years and arians could die in three years and it's a it's an extraordinary it's a great way to like have closure for this window as as that happens simultaneously (laughs) it'd be beautiful yeah it'd be wonderful all right that, that's the perfect coach for next year. It really feels, feels like yeah. that. Like, such a no-brainer, yeah. actually, now that we hit on it. Right. Let's Didn't, go get Arians. I think Bruce Arians came out, this was before McCarthy was fired, mm-hmm. and said, if he were to coach again, it would have to be the Cleveland Browns. For some reason, he wants to coach the Cleveland Browns. Because he wants the young Baker yeah, Mayfield guy. So. He must like Mayfield, but come on. Yeah. How could he not? I mean, he, as you said, like, especially if he's not in it for the long haul, he doesn't want to be there for 10 years. It feels like perfect for both sides. An opportunity to coach Rodgers seems like a big opportunity for a guy like Arians who's probably like just loved watching the career of him and been wishing for a quarterback that good. At the same point, it's possible that Aaron Rodgers is very hard to work with. If his Mm -hmm. family life is any indication of that, he might be difficult to be the coach of. Wow. So you're blaming Rodgers now for all the trouble with his family? Um, I don't know. It's hard to know, isn't it? I don't know. You sound like you're blaming Rodgers. Just go listen to some old episodes of Drunk Sports (laughs) and find out what the truth is because we have the scenarios all all packed up tightly and nicely for that. Um, All right. Next segment. That was good. So what I've written down for this next segment is Dallas, Dallas. <laughs> so that's, that's what I want to say. Dallas, man, they are falling backwards into having to give Jason Garrett like more years coaching the team. It is brutal. It's the opposite of Mike McCarthy. It's going to be bad for them. Yeah. Whereas this losing season might be good for the Packers. Now at the same point, I agree. Jason Garrett, we've seen more of him than we've seen of the average coach because of all or nothing. Yeah. Not impressive. No. At least in that way. Now there might be some behind the scenes stuff that you don't get to see. Yep. Some scheming and things that of course they don't want you to see, but scheming like offensive and defensive mm-hmm. scheming is what I mean. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not like uh burglaring right. and stuff like but that. But from what, what I know, it doesn't look very impressive. Now Dallas might've been this good all along. They might actually be good because their defense is good. Their mm-hmm. defense is, has come back from injury now. And like with Sean Lee healthy, they have um, what's that really good young linebacker? The Randy guy Gregory. 
What's that? Gregory? No, not Gregory, but he's good. And they have Van Der Esch from Boise State, who's a rookie first rounder. He, mm-hmm. He's playing great. And they have Jaden Smith, Jalen, not Jaden Smith, Jalen Smith. Sure. Rod Smith's brother. Remember from All or Nothing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy That's who right. like, was going to be the number one overall pick towards ACL in college, ended up dropping to the second round, mm-hmm. rehab for the majority of his rookie year, and now is coming on as a great player in his third year, I think it is. So, like, their defense is looking pretty good, and that is backed up by how they kind of shut down the Saints. And I will say this. Um, the Amari Cooper thing so far seems to be working kind of well. Yeah, I mean, he had one big game, but he's been productive in the other games. He's been productive, and they were struggling so much to pass the ball. Like, they just couldn't really move the ball to their wide receivers at all. Cole Beasley, who I would have thought would have been able to feast over the course of the season without competition for targets, it was sort of the opposite. Like, he needs people drawing the yes. defense away so he can be his little slot self. And uh, so, like, Amari Cooper is good enough to you know, both make the catches and draw the defense's attention and make it make life easier for everyone else. So they've got, I think they feel pretty good. I mean, since they've won four in a row, they're now feeling great about that deal. I will see if they feel good about it after they give Amari some ridiculous contract and he starts, you know, getting two targets a game. But right now they feel great. Well, maybe they'll try to force feed him a bit more than the Raiders did. Yeah, they have to, right? Yeah. It's so hard to judge Amari Cooper. I know we've talked about this before. It's so hard to judge his talent level and what his potential is because he's still young. He still has a ton of potential, ostensibly. But we don't know for sure. Man, this four-game winning streak is going to – I think they're going to look back on this in Dallas and really – it's going to be such an inflection point for this franchise because they're probably going to keep Garrett now. They probably are going to double down on Dak. Yep. Which Jerry Jones already said he was giving Dak an extension. But had the season really fizzled out completely and Dak continued to suck, which he had been doing, they might have just bailed yeah. you know, or drafted a kid in the first round or, or something Or just like that. get Brandon Whedon back on that horse. Why not? One more time. One more time for Brandon <laughs> Weed. Just one more time. Maybe this is the one. Yeah. You know, Nathan Peterman, I think, is still out there. I think he's available. So you want to break some records? <laughs> Get Nathan right. Peterman. <laughs> Get people watching the game. I'll tell you yeah, what. You will break records. They might not be the records you want to break. All right. Next thing is something that you pointed out just before we started this podcast. Kelvin Benjamin, first yeah. round pick in what, 2014, something like that? Sure. Just got cut by the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, he got, he got cut. What's what, what's up with that? Is he just a bad person? Did they find out that he's in the occult? What happened? The occult? Yeah, the occult. The occult. It's a weird thing to say. I don't know the answer. I don't. I have no idea at all why they cut him. Um, I'm not sure if they have they said why they cut him. I mean, not it's that I've seen. Super super weird. Here here's what I have actually. Word <clears throat> uh, of World anyway says a complete liability on the field. He notoriously refused to work on routes with rookie QB Josh Allen before a game earlier this season. And at one point, he was surprised to be targeted. So that's an unusual reaction, as they say, for a wide receiver. Um, So that's kind of it. He scored two touchdowns in 18 games in Buffalo, and he's done. And and the question is, is anyone going to pick him up? Sounds like he's got attitude problems. It does sound like that. I mean, is there anyone who could really use a... A kind of a big, slow, mediocre wide receiver, probably right. I mean, he's had a his rookie year was great. Yeah, and then he, he got hurt. Then hurt his back, right? Yeah, he is six foot six, and at one time at least had good hands. That should be at least a red zone target for I somebody. Mean, am I crazy, or should the Patriots at least give him a? That phone was the call? first thing that I went to, but like, I don't know. You already got Josh Gordon. I know. It's like, are we just these guys are going to light the clubhouse on fire? If yeah, we're not careful. I don't <laughs> think you need to add Kelvin <laughs> Benjamin to that. But Gordon, he is he's such a target and such a big dude and. I'd rather get Brandon Marshall if I were you. Brandon Marshall's not available. Yeah, you can trade like a ninth round oh, pick for him. Not anymore. You can't. The, the trade deadline is long okay, gone. Okay, we'll just give. For but next Calvin year. Benjamin's just. But I'm saying for right now, because um, Gronk being no longer the speedy guy who gets open, you sort of lost your big target. And Calvin Benjamin, in theory, could be that no, he can't get open. Gronk is better than Benjamin. Give me a break. Gronk is blocking, man. He's an elite blocker now. That's no, what he is. Gronk is better than Calvin Benjamin. <laughs> At what? Do I have to say that? Scrabble? <laughs> Do I have to say those words? <laughs> of course, Gronk is better than Kelvin Benjamin still. I mean, you, what, you, would you trade Gronk for Kelvin Benjamin straight up? If, the, if it gave me an extra 100 years of life, yes. <laughs> is, is so, it, so you would? Yeah. So you would trade that. See, I just tricked you because you just said before Gronk was better. Yeah, you're right. Yep. I, you, you've proven me. You suck. Kelvin <laughs> Benjamin. Better than Gronk. Not so easy to be a GM, is it? Not first, so easy. You heard it first on this podcast. It's true. <laughs> Get 100 years of life, but you make a bad deal. Yeah. Bad, bad trade. Your team's going to suck. 
Yeah, oh, wow. I don't think the Patriots are going to pick up Kelvin. No, Benjamin. I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't. But is he going to get picked up for the rest of the year somewhere? Where okay, it has to be a contending team, right? Um, let's see, Denver. They don't. They Corlin Sutton is a big target though, so they don't necessarily. Yeah, they want to give him targets yeah. too. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Uh, so not Denver. The Chargers are kind of blocked up at receiver. Yeah, the Chargers don't need any more people. Chicago has enough receivers, I think. Miami? They're 6-6 six and six in the wild card hunt. Yeah, Devontae Parker has been playing a little bit better. Okay, but Danny Amendola is still getting targets on yeah. that team. I mean... Miami is an interesting choice. That's possible anyway. Um, Indianapolis? Yeah, I mean, be Ryan, the number two. Ryan Grant. I mean, he's done nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Indianapolis is a reasonable choice as well. Uh, not Minnesota, that's for sure. Seattle? Baldwin and Lockett have been pretty good. They're, they're, they're doing fine. I don't think Seattle um, want to make a change. And they have there. a couple other guys. Moore, number 83, I don't remember mm-hmm. his first name, has been playing well. And then Jerron Brown had a big game last game. So I guess they have enough guys that they probably don't want. Yeah, it. I don't think anyone else. Actually, well, Greg Olson just went down. Could Carolina be looking for someone to give a few no, more targets Cam, to? Cam and Kelvin have beef. Oh, that's right. He used to be on Carolina. They're not going to do that. That's true. That's, yeah. true. Oh, that's it. That's everybody. Yeah. So. Okay, so there's a few teams. I'm going to predict he doesn't get picked up this year, but... Plays next year in the league. Unless he just lets himself go and is like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's got money. He's made some money. He's made some money. He seems to have attitude problems. He might be the type of guy who's like never actually really wanted to play football, but just was like, I'm good at this. I guess, I guess I'll go make some money doing this. Yeah. It's you not know? crazy. It's reasonable. Right. That's what I would do. But it's not the type of person that you want on your team necessarily once, once that becomes revealed. I mean, I think it's okay to have someone on your team who doesn't love football, but, you know, someone who's like really, they, they need to, you know, when they're at work, they need to be at work, you right. know, like mentally and, and fully there. That's that's all. I, I think it's fine for people to treat it even as a job. No, I, I agree. And yeah. when I say doesn't like football, I mean, like, never really wanted to play and is not engaged when he does. Right. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want someone to treat football the way you treat, say, like the poker guys. Yeah. Like, you never want to be there. You hate it. Right. You basically phone it in. It has a lot to do with the office environment and the coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. I totally, I totally see that. Yeah. It's not just you. It's sort of like you're affected by yeah. your coworkers. Yeah. What do they do? What are they doing? It's just kind of everything all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's examples that are occurring such as right now. Really? Yeah. Like what's happening I right now? In the background. Don't worry about <laughs> okay, it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let anyway, you know later. Just thought it was an interesting Don't want to air the dirty, dirty laundry on the podcast. No, no, we never do that. You got to keep it classy. All right. I got one more topic before okay. we talk about fantasy football. Cool. And that is young Adrian Peterson. Let's forget about his off-the-field bullshit because he's an asshole. But as far as a football player, where does he rank all-time as a running back? Because I, I'm asking this because he just tied Jim Brown for touchdowns in a career and had his longest run of his career at age 33, a 90-yard run. He also is one of two people in the history of the league to have a 90-yard run and not get 100 yards for the game. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, ended up with 98 yards. Yeah, but, I mean, he still has speed. He outran the defense. Yeah, so He's still in pretty good shape. Yeah, and as you said, like, on Washington, he came into training camp being in better shape than anybody else on the team, right? Right, that's what they said. And it yeah. seems to have borne out because a lot of people, certainly fantasy experts, were saying uh, they thought, you know, he had a good first game, and everyone was saying, well, okay, so, like, ride him for the first month, but then that's yeah. going to be it. But he's actually been reasonable all season. Right. Like, he's and, an RB, too, all season, right? Of course, for the past three years or so, he has not been as impressive. He's been a right. mediocre running back. But the first six to seven years of his career were absurdly good, mm-hmm. including a 2,000-yard season. So where does he rank all-time for running back? Well, I'm glad you asked. Okay. So here are the guys who there, – there's a bunch of people. I, mean, I just went to NFL.com, and they have their list of the top 25 running backs of all time, or Gil Brandt's top 25. So I'm just going to start reading names, and let's – Figure out where he slots in, okay? Okay, and of course, we haven't seen a lot of these guys play from, like, a long time ago. But that's okay. So, Jim Brown, I'm just going to read from one on down. Okay. Like, Walter Payton, Gail Sayers, Bo Jackson, LaDainian Tomlinson, Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders. These guys are all clearly ahead of him, right? Yeah. Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett, O.J. Simpson. Remember, off-field doesn't matter. (laughs) Emmett Smith, Marshall Fall. I might put him ahead of Emmett Smith. Really? Yeah. Huh. Emmett Smith was longevity, and he... Had a couple great, great years, but I think P- 
Peterson's best years were better than Smith's best years, right? That is probably true, but he was also on a team that needed him less offensively and probably gave him less carries. When, and also, I think it's it's easy to think of Emmett Smith as being um, just like he was around forever, and so he put up these like really impressive counting stats, which he did. Yeah. But he was first-team All-Pro running back four times, which yeah. is super hard to do. He... Uh, He's also the career leader in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns in the NFL, which goes to your longevity point, of yeah. course. Um, he led the league in rushing four times and rushing touchdowns four times as well. So I, I would put him behind Emmett Smith okay. personally, but but I think that's crazy. Where, I think that's where you start having the conversation, though. Okay, like the, uh, Gil Brand has him at fourteen, actually, behind uh, Marshall Falk and Curtis Martin, and ahead of behind people. Curtis Martin, huh? Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Let's take a look at uh, what Curtis Martin... He, Curtis Martin, five-time Pro Bowl selection, which isn't that impressive. No. Two-time first-team All-Pro is, is impressive. Um, 14,000 receiving yards. Yeah, I don't, uh, rushing yards. I don't know. I mean, how do we really decide these things? I mean, I am old enough to have seen Curtis Martin play and have seen Adrian yeah. Peterson in his prime. Peterson was better. That's fair. I agree with you. I agree with you. Peterson was better than Curtis Martin, having watched them both. And I would... I don't know that I'd say that about Marshall Falk. It's close with Marshall Falk. Marshall I, Falk was such a receiving threat. I mean, Peterson was more impressive looking than Marshall yeah, Falk. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. I mean, the, Marshall Falk was more sort of... Uh, he got it done. Right. You know what I mean? And so that matters. I mean, I always wonder about Barry Sanders. Like, I think Barry Sanders is massively overrated as a running back, personally. Yeah. I mean, I understand why you would say that, but his flashy plays were so flashy. I oh, guess yeah. that's what helped. Absolutely. But I, I mean, like... The way that Saquon looks this year, I feel like Adrian Peterson in his best years was even more impressive than what really? Saquon. Oh, I don't feel that. But you always have a bias towards recency with this type of thing. Like when we were talking about Saquon's run that was like so impressive, I was like, that's nowhere oh, yeah. near as good as the like Seattle decibel level thing with, with Marshawn Lynch in 2009 or 2011 whatever or whatever it was. It was. Yeah. And you're like, it's probably similar. And we watched the Marshall. Yeah, the, and I was the like, Marshall, oh like, my God. Never fucking mind. Yeah, that was incredible. Like I really think if you went back and looked at like the tape of Adrian Peterson from 2012 or whatever his best year was, it's crazy. Hmm. Like it's more impressive than Saquon in my mind. Really? Yeah. Mm. I, I don't, I don't have that, that memory of it being like that. That's what I'll say. But I would say like, I would put him ahead of guys who are also in the top 25, like Terrell Davis, John Riggins. Oh, absolutely. Jerome Bettis. Those guys are all way behind Adrian Peterson for sure. He's like top 15 at least, right? Yeah. I think he's simply, I think, I think he's probably top 13 at least. And then you could probably argue him right around top 10 if you wanted to. Yeah. <coughs> like maybe OJ, maybe him. I don't know. Yeah. The juice. Yeah. Juice is no longer loose. Nope. He, he's unloose. Also has a huge head. Actually, okay. he's loose again. He's back out. Oh, he, he is? Yeah. He's re-loose? Yeah, he's re-loose. Okay. Nice job. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if Peterson had any sort of receiving game, it would have really elevated him. Yeah. He never did. Sure. Remember sure. that year where the Vikings had him in his prime and Percy Harvin, the one year that Percy Harvin was like truly great. Yeah, sure. And they were just like you had no idea what they were going to do on offense. Sometimes they would motion Percy into the backfield, and he was a good running back and receiver type guy. Brett Favre joined the Vikings for that one year. Yeah, and Peterson was great, and Favre was great for most of the year anyway. And then Favre was terrible, and then the Vikings were out of the playoffs. Yeah, but uh, that was that was pretty impressive. That little thing they had going there. Yeah. That one season. Yeah. Harvin, unfortunately, very injury prone and didn't get to have much of a career. After yeah. That. So fast, though. Yeah. Crazy fast. Kind of like uh, proto Tyreek Hill. I think of him more as the, uh, who's the receiver on the Patriots now who was on Minnesota also? Oh, uh, Corderell Patterson? Yeah. That's why I started Like a far better version of Corderell Patterson? Um, yeah. Like, a, I don't know about far better because, like, He's, I mean, Percy's best years were insane compared to Corderell. Percy had, like, one good year, right? Yeah. But what, when was Corderell's good year? Um, it might come. It might still happen. <laughs> yeah, sure. You don't Patriots know. Patriots. Can you Boston. see into the future? So shut the hell up. All right, whatever. <laughs> all right. He's a better quarter Patterson by a lot. Um, all right, fantasy check-in. Okay. Fantasy check-in. All right, so let's talk about Kareem Hunt. So Yeah, okay, it's time. We can talk a little bit about the real-life stuff about this, too. I think we should. Obviously, it's not good in any way. It's another indictment on the NFL's handling of these types of situations where there has to be visual evidence for them to actually do anything, which is fucking annoying and bullshit. Yeah. It's recently come out that there's two other incidences that they're investigating as well. Uh, we're beyond investigating. A video has surfaced. Another of video. Of one know. of the two instances, yeah, where he... Um, 
popped a 37-year-old man in the face. Suffer, the guy suffered a broken rib and nose. So that's happened. Sounds like Kareem's got some anger issues. Yes. Very much so. And what's the third situation? Um, The third is that he allegedly got into a verbal dispute with an Ohio resort patron and struck him in the face in June. So this is all in the last year, by the way. This is all in 2018. These things all happen. So we don't know about earlier. There probably were earlier incidents, too, if there are three this year, right? I wonder if he's kind of... uh now, Josh Gordon never did anything like this, but obviously had abuse problems with, with drugs and stuff. Yeah. Not, not domestic abuse, but drug abuse problems. And to be clear, do- Kareem Hunt, this is not domestic abuse. No. Right? He, is, he doesn't have a relationship with any of he doesn't live with. He doesn't right. know these people. Right. He just, just, got, he just beat up a woman. It's assault. Exactly. It's just assault. Yeah. And, but I think it's possible that it's related to uh, a drinking problem, just based on the one video, the first video that came out. He was clearly fucking hammered, hmm. just like destroyed, intoxicated. And, I mean, a resort patron, that makes me think he was at, like, a resort bar or something, probably drinking. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the reason is. It's all bad. It doesn't matter. Like, if you can't control yourself, I mean, it just, if you can't control yourself, you can't control yourself. And if you drink, if you can't control yourself when you drink and then you choose to drink, that's on you. Yep. All right. Also, can I say fuck the Chiefs? Because yeah. everybody's praising them for their handling of the situation. They fucked it up. Like they're 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 all pretending that they're doing the noble thing now because Kareem Hunt had lied to them, and I guess the lie was that he didn't like push the woman over with his leg at the end of the video, right? Kick her, yes, he kicked, kicked her. It, oh, I thought it was more of like a he put his foot on her and pushed. It's kind oh. of a kick. Okay, yes, yeah. Okay. It, it, I mean, like when you say kick, it elicits a bit of a different visual than what actually happened in my mind. He but, struck her with his foot, yeah. in a strong and violent way, right? Great. We can agree on that. In, a way that. in a way that wouldn't cause a bruise at the point of impact, but p- could cause a bruise when she hits the ground because he pushed her with okay. his foot. Okay. Like, I think that's the best way to put it, um, which is obviously a horrible thing to do. And they, because he didn't disclose that part of the incident, that's why the Chiefs now cut him? That's bullshit. My it's, understanding is actually the Chiefs uh, were told by the NFL to stop and the NFL was going to investigate it. And so then, so the Chiefs like just ceded it all to the NFL, and the NFL then never talked to Kareem Hunt, never interviewed him, never asked him anything about this at all, and tried apparently to procure the video. The police department or whatever said, "Yeah, you can't have it," and they gave up. But then TMZ paid someone and got it. And this, of course, is what happened with Ray Rice. It's the same yeah. thing. But so I don't know if it's actually the Chiefs' fault okay. if the NFL said, "Back down, we got this." All right. Well then, but fuck still, the, but it's the same problem. The same, there's still the same bigger issue, right? Then fuck the NFL, which yeah, is obviously right. It's systemic. Yeah, clearly. Like, it's so ridiculous. We need a video to come out for, for anything to happen. It's horrible. Right. They don't want to get rid of these guys because yeah. they know all these guys, not all. I, sorry. That's ridiculous what I'm about to say. They know some percentage of these guys are violent, horrible people. Right. And uh, a good example is the guy who was on the Cowboys, who was on the Panthers and got cut, and then the Cowboys picked him up, the defensive lineman. Oh, Greg Hardy, yeah. Yes. And like, and he did horrible things to to his ex-girlfriend, yeah, his fiance. He had like a bunch of assault rifles that were really illegal. Bad and then he was like slamming her against the bathroom floor. It was bad. Yeah, real, real bad. And Jerry Jones, the quote was, you know, we think he's going to be a great leader for the defense, you know? Yeah. So like, they don't care. No. And to imply that they do, I mean, when they're caught and they feel they have to release someone, they do. But that is it. It's all just PR. The NFL doesn't give a damn about these, any of this stuff. They don't care about player safety. They don't, they don't care about any of this stuff. No, they it's just all PR. care about... The, the product and making money. That's it. It's, I mean, it's systemic. I think they need to get rid of Goodell, which people have been saying for years, but he's, he's part of the problem, I think, here. I mean, he's a, I think he's a symptom of the problem. I don't think he's the problem. I think the owners are the problem. Okay, that's He fair. works for the owners. They could have gotten rid of him at any point, right? They choose to keep him on because he makes them money because that's all they care he's about. He's a yes man. I mean, he's a lawyer. He's, he feels the same way they do. Yeah. They all feel the same. None, none of them care. They're all rich dudes who don't give a damn either way. They just want to keep make have more money than they did when the day started. Right, and there's stuff happening like uh, Reuben Foster getting picked up by Washington. Perfect example. Which, uh, I don't know if you watched Monday Night Football last night. I did but, not. But So they had a discussion about it. Like the, oh, cool. The main guy, the play-by-play guy, I forgot his name, brought it up, and he's like, I want you guys to weigh in, Jason Witten mm. and Booger McFarlane. I guess Jason Witten has had some history with domestic violence where not where he did it, but where his, his father did to his mother or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he's like very, very serious about it. Oh. And so it was a cool discussion because he's like, what do you guys think about this happening? Do you think it was a good idea for Washington to take a flyer on this guy? And Witten was like, 100% no. Essentially, fuck this guy. Mm. And it's a, it's a problem in the NFL. <laughs> but at the same point, I know that Jason Witten was on the Cowboys when they picked up Greg Hardy. So I wonder what that was like internally uh, on the yeah. Cowboys. 
You know, and Booker yeah. McFarland said the same thing. Oh, that's um, cool. Good for them, at least. Yeah. Yeah, that was good to hear. But obviously, this is a s- systemic problem. I'm, I'm certain there are other players who have incidences that are just on the back burner waiting to come out, you know, because it just seems too prevalent. And it's a culture of violence. That's part of it. I mean, uh, Redskins, uh, I don't know, is he the director of player personnel? He, uh, he's the vice president of player personnel, Doug Williams. When he was questioned, when they first got Reuben Foster, he said, well, if you compare it to what some of the people in power have done, it's small potatoes, as if... It was if that makes it okay. Exactly. Like, you know, I mean, he only killed three people. So, like, if you compare that to Hitler... Yeah, right. That, that would be like the defense, the, you know, yeah. attorney's argument, you know, about a murderer. It's the same thing, which is sort of ridiculous. Now, the Reds... Uh, excuse me, Washington. I did it. Not, not, not the first time. I handled myself. No, you didn't. Um, there was a previous one, but whatever. You, oh, didn't really? even, you didn't even notice it, but you did. Nope, that's correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they've come out and actually, since this all happened with Monday Night Football, they've put out a statement and they said they heard a side of the story that is different. Sure. That's what they've said so far. Um, Allen, who is, uh, is that Bruce Allen, I believe? He said, uh, we knew there would be an assumption of guilt. We're going to see. We're not trying to put a thumb on the scale. We'll let it play out. I like what we, what we have in this organization to help someone. If he never plays for us, we will help the young man with his future, which is obviously beyond bullshit. Yes, right? of course it is. By the way, they've also gone out of the way and said they're even though they are dying for quarterback help, they absolutely aren't getting bringing in Colin Kaepernick. Of course, because what he's done is far worse. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's incredible how it's the same team. So yeah. it's like so perfect. You can see the two things. It's, it's fucking absurd. What 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 they really how they really prioritize. There's stuff. so much like, evidence of collusion against Colin Kaepernick. It's yeah. insane. I mean, I hope he wins the suit. It's really getting harder to be a fan of the NFL. I got to tell you. Absolutely. I still am, but it's getting harder every freaking day. It really is. And, I, and sometimes I think about it. I'm like, maybe I'll just stop. Maybe I'll just completely bail because it's dark. It is dark. It's fun to watch, but it's dark. Lose fantasy football. Okay. <laughs> maybe you can do fantasy football anyway and just never watch the NFL. You're supporting the NFL by doing fantasy football. Okay, but they're not making any money off me. So that's the only way they want me to be support them, you know? Yeah. I support them a little bit, but I, I'd be removing most of my support. Anyway, let's talk about fantasy football. Yes. Because that's Speaking what the segment that, is about. Hey, let's support the NFL a little bit more. We have a podcast, which is just about the NFL. Yeah. Speaking of supporting the NFL. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> to us for being uh, true to our words. Yeah. All right. So Kareem Hunt situation. It is what it is. That's we've talked about that. Is Spencer Ware plug and play Kareem Hunt replacement? It didn't quite look like it in the first game. I mean, it's only one game. Yeah. Spencer Ware in the past has really shown that he can be an effective running back. That is before he was on this explosive, intensely offensive team. Yeah. I think he's going to be not as good as Hunt, but close. I expect him to be RB2, like high-end RB2 uh, most of the way, with some pretty good upside, too, where, I mean, he could have a three-touchdown game for sure along the way because yeah. they just score a million points. So I think he's why had not? three touchdown games in his career. Yeah. He's definitely had a few really big games. Yeah. So he's capable of it. And that was without having this level of offensive support. So I right. think he's going to be not as good as Kareem, but... Good enough. A must start. Absolutely. Like, if you're not starting him, your team is outrageous. Yeah. I think? agree. Yeah. I agree. Another running back news, James Conner is yeah. out for at least a week. Yeah. This is a really bad critical time for a lot of people because with Kareem Hunt, if you had Kareem Hunt, a lot of people who had Kareem Hunt at least had Spencer Ware on their team in case something were to happen mm-hmm. to Kareem Hunt. And uh, with James Conner, there was not really a clear handcuffing situation at all. That's correct. So people with James Conner kind of counting on those RB1 numbers going into the playoffs. This is either the last week of your regular season or the first week of your playoffs. Kind of fucked. Yeah, it's not great. As someone who has him in a third of my leagues, uh, not thrilled. Yeah. Just let you know right now. So I, I, luckily, I do have a buy in both those weeks, both those teams. Of two of my six teams have James Conner. They're both, had, both the top. Actually, they're both the number one seed in the league. So that's great. So maybe he'll come back. But really what you're looking at as a James Conner owner is the two guys who are potentially going to be handling the, the ball-carrying duties are Stephen Ridley of old-school Patriots I mean, that fame. guy is not very good, right? He made the team. Yeah. There's a lot of running backs out there. He made True. the team. And um, Jalen Samuels. And it looks like Jalen Samuels, it, it was presumed that Jalen Samuels was going to get the majority of the carries. Tomlin came out today and said it's going to be running back by committee. And so are they going to, does that mean hot hand? Does that mean it's just a little unclear what, that's, it, what that's it's the fantasy look. owner's nightmare? Yeah, right? and like I think if you are a Connor owner, you go, you get Jalen Samuels, plug him in, and hope. But you can't count on any kind of big time production from this guy no. at all. You hope he gets sixty five percent of the carries, and but I would say it's probably going to be more like fifty five percent of the carries is my guess. 
Um, I don't. The, Tomlin has no reason to lie about this, right? Right. It doesn't confuse his opponents. No, it's to say not. if he's like this is our main guy or not, like it does. It's, he would just he's just saying what he thinks is true. Right. I believe. Yeah, and they're not like wildly different players, Ridley and Samuels, right? So it's not like you game plan differently. I don't think so. They're just like I mean, Ridley at one point was looking like the number one back for the Patriots way yeah. back when had some fumbling issues, and that was kind of it for him with them because they do not abide by that. Right. You know, this is actually part of the whole deflate gate thing was that they never fumble the ball. Right. Um, but it they actually just don't like. Period. On the road, at home, doesn't matter. They just never fumble. Um, I don't know how they have coached that, but somehow they figure out how to coach that. It's incredible. They right? got the Tiki Barber guy. Remember, Tiki Barber used to fumble all the time, and then he had like a, hmm. some one of the coaches like taught him a new way to carry the ball, and he barely ever fumbled ever again. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, whatever they did. So, and then Jalen Samuels is mostly an unknown dude. Like Ridley, at least, was a guy who the Patriots thought could be a number one running back. Jalen Samuels is like a third string dude who. We don't know anything about like he's played. A, he's barely played. So yep. we'll see. Yep. So good, good luck. luck. Good luck if you had James Conner. I, I hope that your team is good enough to sustain the blow of this week. In fairness, if you have James Conner, you've gotten so much out of that guy. True. So much more than you could ever have hoped, assuming you got him at the beginning of the season and have ridden him the yeah. whole way like you probably did. Um, you can't really complain about this. This is incredible. You rode him to the playoffs. This is amazing what he did for you. Yes. Yes, it's just an unfortunate time for this yes, to happen. it is. Three it weeks is. ago would have been a lot better. Yeah, if you could miss a game or two there. Yeah. That's true. All right, so just a general thing about last week in fantasy football. Everyone was bad. It was a terrible fantasy football week. Todd Gurley was good. Todd Gurley was good. but James Conner was good. He was. Those two guys were good. Yeah, but I, I... Travis Kelsey was good. I don't have the numbers, but I would strongly guess that this is the weakest average fantasy points per fantasy team. Keenan Allen year. was good. Yeah. So I thought of some guys. Yeah, you did. But in general, like the fantasy scores of the teams, if you look through your yeah. leagues, are very low. It's just kind of a weird anomaly. But like, you know, touch, touchdowns are, are somewhat high variance. And even across the league, you know, you're still only playing, what, 16 games or something. So it's, right. it's a little weird, but you go a little bit low on the touchdowns. And if you get a few weird guys getting the touchdowns and suddenly it's like, where are all the fantasy points going? It's Yeah. So. I mean, there's some obvious reasons why this happened. First of all, the Saints getting shut down. Andrew Luck didn't throw, throw scored zero oh, points. Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck and the Colts had a horrible game. The Saints definitely did not perform to yep. what they're supposed to. The Falcons were garbage. Like Julio Jones had two catches for 18 yards. Wow, stuff really? Like, stuff like that happened. I did not know that. Yeah. Two catches for 18 yards? Yeah. Julio. Why, Julio? Yeah, Cincinnati's on their backup quarterback. Detroit sucks anyway. AJ Green's out for the season now. Yes. I mean, there's just a lot going on, which isn't great. Um, Jacksonville is Jack Jacksonville. They're yeah. the same. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the same every week. <laughs> but yeah, so there's just not a lot. I mean, Wash, I mean Washington's on their third string quarterback. Did I yeah. say that? Yeah, they but say? they didn't have any receiving threats for fantasy anyway. It was basically yeah, just that's Adrian true. Peterson, right? That's true. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Although, you know, when Alex Smith was throwing the ball, they were at least okay. I guess, but no, you're right. They didn't really have anybody, did they? No. They had like a little Jamison Crowder, not right. much else. And you, you couldn't start any of the Bears with confidence, although Tariq Cohen had a massive game. Yes, That's another guy who had a big game. Uh, Odell Beckham threw a touchdown and caught a touchdown. Yeah, there was but, that. But your point still remains. Yes. It was a weak fantasy week, so it's always it always feels like it's happening just to you, but then you look around the league and it's like, oh, everybody's doing bad except for maybe one team. Mm-hmm. That seems how like what it went like. Yeah. Anything else for fantasy? Nope. All right. I guess we'll do our best bets now. Let's do it. You got how many you got? I got one. I got one. I hope it well, if it's the same one, it's the same one. Mine is the Monday night game. Which is? The Minnesota Vikings at the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Seattle is a three point favorite. Okay. At home. I love the Seattle Seahawks given three. That feels like the opposite of bad belly, but I'm on board. Okay. You're on board. Why? Just because Seattle's playing well? Yeah. Like for the conventional reasons, it feels like Seattle's a much better team than Minnesota. They should be favored by more than three at home. Um, I don't know if they're a much better team, but I think they're at least a little bit better. Um, also, Seattle's home field advantage is quantifiably better than most teams. Yep. So if they are, if they're the same, if they're neutral, you know, if they'd be pick them on a neutral field, Seattle should probably be favored by a little more than three. Mm-hmm. Three and a half is probably too much, but it's sort of a weird spot, really. So I like Seattle giving three for sure. I like that a lot. Great. I like that a lot. Um, mine is the Raiders are hosting the Steelers, mm. and the Raiders are getting 11 points. Yeah. And the Raiders have been playing a lot better recently. I mean, they took the Chiefs to a close game. They did. Just now. 
They now, did. the Chiefs might have some inner turmoil going on based on the Kareem Hunt thing, but I can't imagine it was enough to actually make it a close game with the Raiders just because of that. I mean, it's not like a basketball team where chemistry is so important, yeah. right? It shouldn't right. matter in the same way, in theory. Right. Like, I think the Steelers are a bit overrated. I mean, you saw what happened. They looked like, oh, wait, maybe the Steelers aren't overrated in the first half of the Sunday night game, yeah. and then the Chargers came charging back and won the game. Um, and I think the Raiders are a little... Better than we thought, at least in recent weeks, they've been taking teams to close games. I mean, the Raiders are horrible. They are. Just to give you a sense, I'm just looking at the AFC. We could look at the NFC in a second. So point differential, which is not the end-all be-all of telling us things, but it gives us some sense of how a team's been doing. So through 12 games, the second worst team in the AFC in terms of point differential is the New York Jets at a minus... Oh, sorry, is the Cincinnati Bengals at minus 85 the Oakland Raiders are the worst team at minus 147. Uh, yes, they are bad. That is crazy. They are also absolutely the worst team in the league, just barely beating the Arizona Cardinals, I guess. But th- those are the two worst teams by a mile and a half. Cardinals just beat the Packers. Yeah, Cardinals uh, minus 135. Um, so I, just, I know Oakland had a good moment or two, but they are awful. They are the worst team in the league. They probably are, but I really I don't think the Steelers are that good, and I think Oakland at home should not be getting 11 points. Why don't you think the Steelers are that good, though? Just because of the games I've watched them play. Right, but are you thinking specifically of the Chargers game or thinking of other games? I've seen them play a lot this year, and I've always been unimpressed. I think really? Ben is sloppy this year. Their hmm. defense is porous at times. They score so many points, man. Look at Big Ben's numbers and tell me they're good. Okay. I'm going to do that right now Okay, because you told me to. So Big Ben... On the season, here we go. 66% uh, completion percentage. Fine. I know you like that. He's um, almost 4,000 yards passing, 329 yards a game. That's good. Mm-hmm. 7.6 yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. Better than Aaron Rodgers this year. 26 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So he's throwing a few interse- more interceptions than you'd want. That's, that's all. He's throwing right? a lot more interceptions yeah. than you want in the modern NFL. That's true. This is sort of what he does, though. The last five years, here's his picks. 16, 13, 14, and 13. Really? Yeah, he throws a lot of picks, man. He's actually his career. He's two to one interceptions to, uh, so, excuse me, touchdowns to interceptions. That's really pretty bad. It is really pretty bad. I'm surprised. What's Rogers like? Nine to one? It's. Like, I mean, he's the leads. The, he's all time. Yeah. best. Right. So I can find out for you, but it's it's a little unfair to compare him to the very best guy ever. I mean, but, same but I guess draft, we can same do that. draft class, right? Or were no, they no different draft class? Uh, Big Ben went. In the Philip Rivers, Eli, uh, Manning. Eli Manning draft, yeah. Rodgers went the next year. He went the he went some other time. I got uh, so I can say okay. Aaron Rodgers for his career, he's got three hundred and thirty four touchdowns and eighty picks. So even that is only four to one. Yeah, I'm surprised that that's the best of all time is four to one. I guess mm. it's hard not to throw interceptions. I guess so. <laughs> I'm surprised. Anyway, yeah. You don't like Oakland plus eleven at home. I'm not in love with it. Fine. <laughs> yes. Every time we don't do my bets, they come in. I know. Like, but every time we do them, they don't. So I'm, I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. I'm caught between the devil and the deep blue right, sea we'll over do, here. We'll do your bet that is going to lose. Let's do that. You liked it. I do. All right. I think, I think the Seahawks are a good team. Yeah. Russell Wilson, he's been on fire. He's very. He's, he's on fire the way we light money. That's right. So let's light some money on fire with this bet, I guess. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> 